Good evening and welcome to NUFC Matters 5-Minute Rant, the show which allows you to have your say. My name's Chris Hall and I'm joined by my good friend Pete Davey. How are you doing, Pete? Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, my weekend wasn't completely ruined um, by uh, Newcastle United, so um, yeah, uh, I can't really complain, to be honest. Good, mate. Good. <laughs> Well, straight away, Pete, I'm going to I'm gonna jump in the comments because we, we've had loads of comments coming in before we've even started the show, which is absolutely fantastic. If anybody would like, uh, you know, to come on live, please feel free. Uh, so the link is just below there. There we go. So if you want to join us live, please feel free. We'd love to hear from you. Um, but in the meantime, I'm just going to hit some viewers' comments. So we, we've had a comment here from Jordi Sancaster. And he said, evening, Steve, even though Steve's not on, but we, we'll pretend we're Steve, Pete. <laughs> um, my rant is we play with three centre-backs against Leeds and they have one striker to mark. Surely playing two centre-backs, this will allow us another midfield player or dare I say a striker. Very few teams play with two out-and-out strikers, so why three to mark Bamford? We have to attack more, especially at home against teams we have a chance of beating. What do you reckon on that, Pete? Uh, I think there's a great point there. Um, I think there's a really, really good point there. Um, you know, why have three centre-backs when we know they're really struggling? Um, you know, we're at home with a home team. Um, they've come off the back of playing Sundays. So they've had less rest time. Uh, the, the, there's arguments to to agree with with what um, Jordi Sancaster said. Uh, it's a really, really valid, valid point. You know, He's mentioned about the potential of maybe or arguably having two strikers and look, that's what we've cried out for for a long time. And, you know, I'm sure we'll get into this at some point in the show with regards to um, having a second striker, a proper second striker. You know, we've got someone like Dwight Gale on the bench and he, you know, he didn't get on again, um, visibly frustrated at the final whistle. Um, and we need the points more so than anything. And, uh, you know, we were going into this game on Friday thinking, you know, we need three points. We need to get that first win. You would have thought that we would have gone all out to get that, but it wasn't necessarily the case. Um, you know, another good point, Bamford didn't really need too much marking. I didn't think he had a very good game. I don't think he's had a very good start to the season, really. It was always going to be interesting to see if he was going to hit the heights again after a first really good season back in the Premier League. I don't think he needed much marking, if I'm honest with you. Um, so, yeah, all the points are really, really valid. And um, it just kind of makes you wonder, you know, it, it, again, as I've said it before and I'll say it again, you know, if it was the fans can spot these things, why is it that the manager can't? Um, that's always been my thinking with regards to this. Yeah. And do you know what, Pete? This this kind of stretches a little bit towards Graham Jones for me as well because I I appreciate that we're we're obviously going five at the back because the team are used to it the suited to it obviously from the Rafa days but I seem to remember saying the same about Rafa as well you know in terms of I can understand Man City away yeah five at the back completely understand hit them on the counter but the frustration for me was you know we we play the likes of Cardiff at home and we play exactly the same way when you know man for man we were better than Cardiff we were at home the fans were behind us. And there was just a little bit of frustration where you just like to see a little bit more ambition going forward. Yeah. Um, you know, we, you could argue 
the whole of the Mike Ashley era, <laughs> you know, is, yeah. where we've, is where we've lacked a little bit of ambition, um, not just off the pitch in terms of signing players, but on it as well. Um, there was only really a small, you know, two or three years when we had the likes of Ben Arthur, Laurent Remy, uh, Papi Cissé, or, the, you know, the them even before that with Denver Bar, where we had that attacking emphasis, where we looked like we were dangerous, where we we would at times beat teams by two, three, four goals. Mm. Um, but we've never had that. Um, I, I think, you know, we've never been allowed to have that. And I think that's been sort of one of the one of the biggest problems. But, you know, we've got players now that can cause problems on the attack. We've got you know, attacking midfielders like Fraser, like Set Maximin and very, you know, various other players, um, that, uh, Callum Wilsons, that, 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 can, that can cause problems but we're not utilising them in the right way. And I think that's been the argument for for quite a while now. Yeah. I think the, the days of playing two up front uh, are probably long gone for most clubs, aren't they? I mean, you, you tend to find now they either play with the main central striker and then the wingers either side, or maybe yeah. with a number 10 just behind. Um, so, yeah, you could argue that the need for three centre-backs isn't necessarily there. Although, uh, Thomas Tuchel at um, Chelsea, he, play, he plays with the five at the back, doesn't he? But... Obviously, that you know, the, I'm 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 under no doubt he probably plays it far better than what we do based on you know matches that I've seen. Uh, they seem to be well drilled, and really the wing backs are very attacking, aren't they? So it is more like a three-five-two in terms of those wing backs are very rarely actually back with the centre backs. Yeah, look, Thomas Tuchel is um, an outstanding manager. Yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. let's yeah, not be yeah. around the bushes. An outstanding manager, and you know he is not just an outstanding manager. He is an outstanding tactician. He has a way of playing. He has a structure to the way in which he plays. So he will set up a team, you know, um, with his players, but he'll get them to play a certain way. Each player will have a particular role that they play throughout the game in transition with without the ball. He will get them to do certain things. With Steve Bruce, it's just a case of you're playing there, go out and play, and yeah. um, there. That's the that's the issue. That that's the issue is that there's no guidance on tactics from him. There's no guidance on what he expects from the team, um, and this is before the five at the back. This is you know this has been throughout the whole of his time as manager. Uh, even when he switched it up, it's a case of he puts players in positions and just says go out and play, and that is why we are struggling in whatever position or ever whatever tactical formation we play we, we play in. Yeah. No, I completely agree, mate. Georgie Sancaster's on a vol. He's he's sent in another one and said, as for Joe Linton, I'm not a hater or lover, but how many times do you see him making runs off the ball? It makes no difference if he gets the ball or not, but it would be nice to see him make those runs. Mm. Interesting. Because we've had a bit of a chat about yeah, um, we were, about Mr. Joe Linton before um, before we came on. Um, look, there's always going to be pros and cons to Joe Linton. More cons than pros, if I'm honest. If you look over the course of his, you know, two and a bit years at the club, um, but I look, we, we had this conversation like you were. I don't know whether you want to talk about how you felt regarding Joe Linton, but I personally didn't think he had a bad game on Friday. Look, I know that there's the Joe Linton sort of loving from certain sections of the fan base that won't have a bad word said about him. 
I'm not that type of guy, you know. Um, I'm quite happy to say, look, when a player's had a decent game, they've had a decent game, but guys will know as well uh, uh, that when a player's been awful, I'll call them out. I called Callum Wilson out when he had a bad game against Aston Villa. Uh, he was awful in that game. Um, missed a golden chance and I'm quite happy to call him out there because he wasn't good enough. Joe Linton, I thought, was okay on Friday. I thought yeah. he played his role well. He wasn't a striker. He played off the left. Uh, off the left? Off the left. <laughs> um, but what I liked about Joe Linton, okay, um, in his play, is that there was a bullish side to him, particularly in the first half. If you watch it back, you know, the way he was holding up the ball, the way he was shrugging off players and not letting them get off him easy. You can argue that beforehand, you know, in the previous games, he's been pushed off the balls easily, falls on the ground easily. You know, for a guy that's physically big and strong, he, he, he becomes a little bit of a weasel on the ball. He's just easily manipulated. Last, well, I say last night, it wasn't last night, but on Friday, I didn't see that from him. I saw a real sort of motivation to to protect the ball, not allow players to get it off him easy. He held up the ball really well. Just little simple passes, but he kept ticking things over. You know, yeah. was defensive positions. Look, if we if we if we're marking him down as a striker, which ultimately that's what he was signed for. Yes, he missed the big moments. He missed the big chances in front of goal where you want a forty million pound striker to score. But we all know that he's not a striker. We all know, you know, he's not that forward man. So the role that he was playing on Friday, I thought he did well. And whatever you think about his performance, you know, he played the pass that set up Alan St. Maximin to score the goal. So he walked away with an assist to his name. What you think about the pass, we talked about it as well. It was pretty, it was a pretty simple pass. It wasn't <laughs> anything, uh, you know, spectacular. But yeah. you know, he made that pass at the crucial time, at the crucial moment that set up the goal. We can't always say that about Joe Linton because nine times out of ten, when he's in those sort of moments, he makes the wrong decision. But on Friday, he made the right decision at the right time that got us back into the game. So for that, it was decent. Nothing more. Yeah. No, it, do you know what, Pete? I, I was probably a bit harsh pre-show, wasn't I? Because I, I, I wasn't really understanding the love for Joe. I've got to be honest. Like, I don't get me wrong. I think I think the bar's been set pretty low, hasn't it? And yeah. for me, was it one of his worst games? Absolutely not. There was times where I was like, yeah, go on, Joe. You know, he was doing well. Um, but for, you know, as I'm sure most fans will all agree, it's that key moment, it's that key pass, or you know, that finish, or the, making the right decision at the right time. Um, now, obviously, you know, <laughs> he did get the assist for St. Maximum. I'm not taking it off him, but if you watch it back, he literally just goes, yeah, Maxi. And then Maxi goes on this maze he run, takes on about six players and then buries it. But at the end of the day, the stats say he got the assist, didn't he? So fair play to him for that, Pete. I, I will say that. And yeah, it wasn't one of his worst games, but um, there's there's a lot of room for improvement for me anyway. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I say, it was it was a decent performance. Nothing more, you know, nothing less in my opinion. Um, yeah. You know, we've all got our opinions on Joe Linton. And I think we'll all continue to have our opinions on Joe Linton. He's a very, very, he's very, very split down the fan base in terms of what yeah. people think of him. And I think he'll always be the case as long as he's at the club. Um, and that's just the way it is, unfortunately. It's like that with some players, with certain players. It's always like that. Which, which is sometimes a little bit of a shame. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, as long as you see the effort, that's the main thing, isn't it? And I did see some effort there. I mean, when we were at Old Trafford, Pete, 
you know, when, when he was kept constantly losing headers to Varane and Pogba, he just didn't really look up for it. But we did we did see that uh, on Friday. So, you know, small small steps of improvement, which is great. Fantastic question here from Tom Dixon, which I know you'd be keen to talk about, Pete. Gale didn't sign... Gale didn't sign a new contract at Newcastle to sit on the bench, so why hasn't he played a minute of Premier League football so far this season? Fantastic point from Tom there. Do you want me to get into this one? Mate, you're going you're gonna to have to, because I, I want to hear what you've got to say about it, because Tom Tom has raised a point which is on everyone's minds, isn't it? You know, we, we're all wondering when Dwight Gale is eventually going to get any kind of playing time, because there's been a couple of times this season already, and we're only, what, five games in, where you've been screaming, going, get Gale on. You know, he can't he can't be any worse than what we've got at the moment. Get him on. Okay. Dwight Gale. Um, I've said it on Matchday Lives a number of times now, uh, in my opinion, that Dwight Gale's head uh, was out and away from Newcastle the moment that we loaned him to West Brom and we got Rondon in. He's never been the same since in terms of his, uh, his love for the club, in terms of um, in terms of how he you know approaches the club, how he approaches matches for us when he plays for us, he is he's always been um, you know he's always been quite committed to the club up until that point. Once he had that loan and then he came back, he's not been the same. Uh, fast forward a couple of years, um, it has been very very clear to me, in my opinion, that Dwight Gale is only staying with us for the guaranteed salary that he's currently on and yeah. nothing more. Yeah. I don't believe that he signed a deal with the intentions of demanding to play. I don't believe he signed a deal with the um, with the kind of, you know, agreement that he was going to get minutes. I think he's signed a contract at the age of, what, 30, 31, um, for financial security um and that's just my opinion that's what i see of him that's what i see of um you know of the club and how the club have signed him the club and this has been well documented now um and i think it was documented quite well on um on friday night in that we as a club would rather keep dwight gale who's not going to play any minutes but is down as a striker so he fits the bill in terms of filling that that squad um, that squad sort of depth in because we can say we've got another striker. Um, we are not gonna we're not gonna go and sign another striker because to, to sign someone that plays Dwight Gale's role, we're gonna be paying the best part of you know fifteen million plus to get someone in that's Premier League quality, um, yeah. and we're not prepared to do that. So we would much rather pay Dwight Gale um, a, a, a huge a huge wage because for the player that he is and for what he's contributing to the team it is a huge wage. We would rather do that than, than buy somebody else. Dwight Gale, on the other hand, is more than happy to sign this deal. Now, there's a lot of fans out there that feel quite sorry for Dwight Gale. I don't at all, OK? Because that player had an opportunity to walk from this club for nothing in the summer and actually go and play football somebody somewhere else. And we've had this argument before with um, uh, with, with Ashraf uh, Lazar, 
We had the same with uh, Henry Sarve. We had the same with Jack Colback. We had to literally force these players out of the club because they were on big contracts and they would rather sit and train every day and not be in a Premier League squad than go and actually play football somewhere else. Mm. And Dwight Gale has just done exactly the same. When he had an opportunity to walk away and actually go and play football somewhere, you know, if you valued his career, if he valued himself as a player and wanted to continue playing, whether it's the top end of the championship or the lower end of the Premier League, because that's where his kind of remit is in terms of his ability, he could have gone there. West Brom would have took him. Fulham would have took him. You know, there were other teams. Sheffield United would have took him. You know, even a Norwich would have took him in the Premier League. Watford probably would have took him. There are players like that that they would have taken. He, he would have had the pick of those type of clubs and gone on and played regular minutes. But he chose to stay with us to sit out his contract, knowing that he's not going to play. For me, he is just as guilty as the club are for the that whole deal coming about, coming about. So I don't feel sorry for him at all. Do I think he's good enough? No, I don't think he's good enough. We sometimes remember the Dwight Gale that was scoring goals left, right and centre in the Championship. Mm. You look at his Premier League record, he barely scores a goal. Granted, you don't play many games, but you don't score many goals anyway in the Premier League. You go back to the Palace days, you didn't score many goals. So it's not like we've got a Premier League striker there. We haven't. Um, and that kind of brings me to my question with guys in the chat. So every, every, everyone in the chat, um, you know, there was a great chat that I had with some of the, the London Geordie lads earlier. Uh, and one or two of them mentioned about, you know, would you, would you have Gale or would you have Joe Linton? If you had to choose one, who would you choose? So I'm, I'm kind of putting that out to you guys on the chat tonight. Who would you choose? Is it Gale, Dwight Gale? Or would you choose Joe Linton if you had to keep one of those players? So it'd be interesting to see what people's reactions are to that. But that's just my opinion on Dwight Gale. But what, what about you, Chris? What's your opinion? Do you know what? I, I definitely don't feel sorry for Dwight Gale. So I completely agree with you on that, Peter, because, you know, he's getting paid a handsome salary. And... It's his job, you know, to try and get in this team. All right, it's not happening at the moment, but I definitely, I definitely don't feel sorry for him. But I would like to see the management maybe give him a run. I mean, I, I remember Pete. You know, it was the back end of lockdown season, and he had a run of games, and he was he was scoring some important goals for us. I mean, it was the goal against West Brom that yeah. particularly sticks out. You know, that header. And I just think if he had a run of five or six games where, you know, the manager put his arm around him and said, listen, Dwight, we're going with you for the next five or six games. I want yeah. you to perform. Don't get me wrong. His cameos haven't been great. Um, as in, you know, the back end of last season. And we were all kind of going, oh, God, you know, and everyone was quite surprised that he got his new contract. But at the same time, I think it was Shade who said it, wasn't it, where they don't want to fork out for the new striker. So the easiest thing to do is just extend his contract, give him yeah. probably a minimal signing on fee and say thanks very much and he you know he stays in the squad um but i'd like to i'd like to see him get a little bit of time before you know i'm completely done with him because when callum wilson's out and we've only got maxi up front who isn't really a striker and i mean that can be a, a separate topic as to where i think maxi should play but i appreciate that we have to play him up front at the moment because we're so limited in options and i know we've tried fraser up there with the split strikers and it just didn't work we've tried miggy up there and it doesn't work i don't think he's prolific enough in terms of when the chance comes i don't think he's you know deadly enough in front of goal um so i understand why maxi's playing up there but i just think someone like gail if you give him a chance you know in the six eight ten yard region invariably more often than not you'll get it on target at least 
Um, so I, I personally would like to see him, you know, get more opportunities. Um, but I, I do appreciate he, he isn't good enough uh, for, for our club. But unfortunately, we're stuck with him and our options are very limited at the moment. So, you know, I, I personally, you know, I would like to see him uh, get a little bit of a little run of game, especially while Callum Wilson's out. We've had a really interesting question there off NUFC Luke 98. If we go into the next international break with still no win, do you think Bruce will be sacked? Now, am I right in thinking, Pete, we've got two more games until the international break? So we've got Watford away and Wolves away, and then we hit the international break. What, what, what do you think if we've still got no win? So that'll be seven games in without a win. Do you, do you think he will be under pressure by then? Uh, yeah. Um, I think he'll be under massive pressure. If we don't win, if we don't win any of our next two games, um, I don't... Uh, well... I say I don't, you know what this bloody club's like, you'll probably still be in charge at Christmas, but um, I, I I think there'll be huge, huge pressure, not on Steve Bruce, but on the club to change manager. And uh, I don't believe, and we're going to talk about this in a second, I don't believe that this talk that's coming about this last week about managers odds and various other things. And I know you're going to talk about this Christian, you know, in, in a little while, I, I don't believe this is by chance. We know how Newcastle work. We know they're very slow, but it would not <laughs> yeah. surprise me incredibly slow, but I would not surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if they're starting that process now with a view to them believing that they don't feel that Steve Bruce will win the next two, win either of the next two games, and then they'll use the international break to trade manager, uh, to move him on and get another manager in. They have to. You look at our our games coming up after the international break. You know we, we've got Tottenham. I think we've got Chelsea. I think we've got Arsenal. You know we've got teams like that in in the games to come after after that international break. You know so they don't get any easier. But you've got two teams there. In Watford, okay, Watford won at the weekend, but Watford are not. Um, Watford are not a great team, by far from it. They'll be in a way of relegation scrap by by yeah. the end of the season. And Wolves are not playing well either. Brentford were very very comfortable against them um, at the weekend and deservedly got the three points at Molyneux, you know. And we go there in a couple of weeks' time, so you know we've got two games here where you know. You should be looking really at six points. Yeah, you should. You should. I'd be, I'd be wanting four points from those two games, personally. Yeah. You've got to be looking at four points minimum. Getting a draw, maybe I'd probably take a draw away to Watford, but I'd certainly hope that we go the Molyneux and win because if you want to if you want to stay out of trouble, they're the games you need. I know they're away from home, but you've got to pick up some away points. And you've rightly said, Pete, we know, or we've got a, a very good idea, that the likes of Watford and Wolves are going to be down there come March, April, May time. So we need to try and take those points now. And we don't want to go into an international break having played seven games with no wins and, you know, be talking about having maybe two or three points on the board. It's just not it's worrying, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's a season it's a season of struggle if we get to that point and we and we're not kind of we're in a position where we're not, you know, at least on eight to ten points if we get to that yeah. position. You look at the teams in the past, Sheffield United, that went on a long, long run without winning a game. 
and were getting the odd draw here and there. They were they were destined to to be to be dropped. And you know the the, the frustrating thing about it is the likes of Leeds that are around us, Burnley that are around us. You can tell that at some point they're going to pick up points and they are going to go on the rise. They they have got the squad available to them and the manager um, available to them to push on to the next level. You know, yeah. they have that. Whereas, you know, we don't. It's as simple as that. I've got some breaking news, Pete. We've got a guest in the green room. So we're going we're gonna to have a guest on very shortly. There's just one more thing that I wanted to bring up, and it was a great point here from Colin Wilson. And again, this was something we were talking about before we came live, wasn't it? Colin Wilson said, it takes Graham Jones to come down from the stands and change things. Why are we still paying Bruce? Now, again, interesting point there from Colin. That, you know, absolutely well well put, Colin. But we were talking, weren't we, about the, the video image that was uh, flying around Twitter with um, Matt Ritchie on the sidelines. So, Pete, I'll let you... Uh, Pete, you said you were going to expand on this, so I'm looking forward to hearing this, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Okay, so, yeah, it was obviously... There was, there was I think, three separate clips that Bruce won't be happy about uh, with Sky Sports on Friday. There were three separate clips. There was one with Lascelles, one with Matt Ritchie, and one, if I'm right, I'm thinking... Um, um, Isaac Hayden. Uh and each time there was a conversation going on uh, Steve Bruce was in the middle um, of, of Hayden and the other side was um, Graham Jones and Graham Jones and uh, uh, Steve Bruce were both kind of talking at the same time you know, it was really obvious talking at the same time the thing that obviously the, the, the obvious thing was that um, Graham Jones effectively won and ended up kind of um, getting his point across. Steve Bruce kind of stood down, stopped talking, took a back seat. Graham Jones was giving the tactical information. Um, the other thing that was key to me and was more obvious to me, and it was the thing that I looked, I sort of like was surprised at, not surprised at, but but it interested me first, um, was that in each of those conversations, they are only looking at Graham Jones. They have no eye contact. They have no interest in Steve Bruce. They don't make any contact with him whatsoever. Their conversation is with Graham Jones and nobody else. And that is part of the reason why I think, in my opinion, Steve Bruce backs away. Because he knows he hasn't got the trust of those players. If Steve Bruce is, bow is belting out tactics to those players, knowing that he's not a tactical manager, those players are going to look at him as if to think, what are you talking about? Like, why, why are we going to listen to you? Um, and it kind of brings us back to the point in that, you know, it was a great point that was mentioned before, is that, you know, why does it take Graham Jones to come down for, for things to start happening? Well, why does Steve Bruce keep putting him up there to then bring him down after 10 minutes because he can't cope? Or his other coaches, Agnew and Clements, can't cope. Why do they keep doing it? It's like they don't want him around, but then they have to get, get him back because things fall apart and he has to come and try and make things better. It's very, very clear who is, not, not that who's in charge, because Steve Bruce is in charge, but it's very, very clear who has the influence, who the players trust, who the players believe in yeah. within that coaching staff. And that includes the manager. It's very much that they believe and trust Graham Jones. And I think the summer only, only reinforced that the fact that he was called for England 
And you looked at the pictures in England. I used to look at it on Twitter. The way he was, the way he was loved by Jack Grealish and um, Harry Maguire and right, Harry yeah. Kane and all those top players, Raheem Sterling. He was loved by all those players. He had so many positive pictures around him. So if those players believe in him, our players are bound to believe in him more than they believe in Steve Bruce. Yeah. And that's not saying that he should be the manager. Far from it. It's just that they recognise that he's a fantastic coach and they recognise that what he's saying is going to make an improvement to their game. And I think that on Friday night was telling more than anything, is that the players believe in their coach more than they do their manager. And I think yeah. that tells it all. And I think, you know, if you're an owner or you're a managing director at this club and you see that picture and you listen to what the fans are saying, it is, it is abundantly clear this manager is not right for this club or right for Premier League football and he has to go yeah now couldn't have put it better myself mate I think uh, I think it, he's outstayed his welcome now hasn't he and it is it is time you know for, for the shuffle up I mean my biggest hope is that we're hanging on in there because we're waiting on some news that's that's certainly where I'm coming from and I hope that's the case oh. but we'll see fingers crossed mate Right, well, without any further ado, we're 30 minutes in and we're going to invite on our first guest, which is a familiar face, and you'll all be pleased to see him. It's Caden. How are you doing, mate? How you doing, doing? Yeah. Yeah. Caden, what do you want to rant about, mate? I actually was going to touch on what you just said there. Um, I I agree with you, Chris, (laughs) about this hoping for the news. I think it's having an impact on you know, the, the day-to-day run of the club, because I think they're just, they're hanging out for, you know, this this, this takeover, whether it's the PIF or, you know, another group. I, I just think, I, I just don't think they're going to sack Bruce because they're hoping that the, the, the club's going to get sold. Whether or not that happens, I'm, I'm very doubtful, as you know me, but, but I, I, generally, I, I generally think that's that's what they're hanging around for. They're just, they're not going to, he he's not going to walk away. So that, that's that's already a given, and and it's quite clear that they they don't they don't want to pay the compensation with the sacking. So they're possibly yeah. they're just they're hoping they're just they're hoping when the new people come along, just you know, the sacking sacking them all. Because that's yeah. that's my feeling on it. I don't know about you. Do you know what, Kevin? I I no, I feel the same way as you, mate. It it definitely feels like they're just kind of. They're just kind of keeping the powder dry and they're just waiting yeah. for something. I mean, and, and that's what we're all hoping because mm-hmm. you'd, assu- you'd assume by now that if he was going to be, if he was going to be sacked, he'd have been sacked by now. Oh, definitely. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. The fact, the fact that it's all gone quiet and the fact that we're still just plodding along, just getting by just yeah. indicates to me that the, you know, the waiting for something. I mean, Pete, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, mate. Oh, we've lost them. We've lost Pete. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kevin, if if Bruce were to go tomorrow, who mm. who would you who would you be looking at? Who would be the person that you you would go for, well, given the current given the current ownership? I mean, it's just it's it's a, it's a really good question. I I, I I was speaking to someone earlier, the, the, the driving range, and he and he thinks if anyone's going to come in, it's going to be Graham Jones. Mm. He thinks it's going to mm. be Graham Jones, but for me, I I I think it's a big risk. I I, I would. Rather, we went for someone with like Premier League experience. I don't really. The, the problem is nobody's going to take a job because they're not going to come risk their like the kind of the rep, reputation working under Ashley, are they? 
I just I don't, I don't see and plus they don't they don't know how long they're going to be in the job for if he's trying to sell the club. So, but I, I said last week I'm I'm at the point where I'd literally I'd take anyone now. I don't know about you two, but just I think it's that bad. We're getting you know there's five at the, we're still playing five at the back and it's just like <laughs> come on you got to it's got to it's got to change you know what I mean? It's just, they'll keep losing games if they keep playing well. I know, I know the answer to this already, piece, but um, I was just asking Kieran then, who who would you be going for? So say Ashley got sacked tomorrow morning, and you're in charge. You you are Mike Ashley. Luke. Who would you be going for? Uh, there's only one. Luke. There's only one. What's that? Sorry, Kieran. What'd you say? I can't. I can't hear you. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, that's better. That's better. Yeah. Oh, you're all right, mate. You there? I can't. It's gone again. <laughs> <laughs> can you hear me, Chris? Yeah, I can hear you, fine, mate. Yeah, um, I can't hear. There's only there's only one manager that I'm going for uh, under this current regime in the current situation that we're in, and that's Eddie Howe. Um, you know, we're not going to go and pluck a manager from a, 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 a from a, a team that they that they already manage at because that involves paying even more compensation to get them out of that club. So we're going to go. Um, we're going to go for a manager that's currently not attached to a club. Now, for me, there's no better manager out there um, than Eddie Howe. I think maybe Chris Wilder is a, 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 maybe a close second. For me, Eddie Howe is the perfect fit for this team. He, he will get the best out of these attacking players and getting these players playing a system of football that is, um, is organised, first and foremost, but also is attacking and, and a system that will score goals. He will get the best out of Ryan Fraser. He will get even more out of Alan St. Maximin. And he will certainly keep Wilson fitter um, and it be in a position to score goals. Um, that, that's my belief. Um, I think certain players will really improve and, and really relish being under his sort of management. Um, and I don't think it would take a lot for him to, to, to take a lot to convince him to come here. You know, it may well be on a short term contract. Fair enough, if that works for all parties. I don't really care. We just need a manager that's tactically aware, that can play attacking football and play to the strengths that this team has. And at the moment, we're not doing that. Um, you know, Chris, my feelings on, on, on Eddie Howe. I've been saying it from November, December last year, that I felt yeah. that if, if, if Steve Bruce left the club, that Eddie Howe was the one to go for. I still 100% believe that's the case. And... I know there's been a lot of talk over the last few days about the odds and I don't know, you probably know the odds more than me um, over sort of the recent days. But, you know, if that's anything to go by and, and I don't know whether it is, but, you know, I hope that is the case. I hope that there is a change of manager and I hope he's the guy that, to come in. Yeah, I mean, my understanding, I was speaking to Daz uh, from Loaded and Daz was saying that it, the odds had come in from six to one to two to one. So... The only time I tend to get excited or the only time I tend to take notice is when you see the odds of a manager join and go odds on. Now, obviously, I know that that was the case with Rafa, wasn't it? We were all waiting for Rafa and, you know, it didn't materialise. And then he went odds on for Everton. Then he went back out and then it came back in again. Um, so for me, I think it's just people, people probably putting two and two together and coming up with five in the sense that, you know, we didn't win again uh, on Friday. And the pressure is ramping up on Bruce. So people are thinking, oh, great, you know, I'll throw a few quid on Eddie Howe. I think right now, 
Um, for me, it's either going to be Eddie Howe or Graham Jones. Me, me gut's telling me it'll probably be the cheapest option and it'll be Graham Jones, especially if something's kind of in the offing. Um, but it could even be Pete that he just hangs on in there. You just think, you know what, let's not change anything. And if the new ownership want rid of Steve Bruce, they can pay him his four million compensation. That's certainly that's certainly my my, my gut feeling on it anyway. Um we've had a couple of interesting questions, Pete, which I wanted to run by you. So Roger Cook, evening Roger, um he said, Pete Chris, your thoughts on Mankeo's performance on Friday. I thought he did well and we missed him when he went off. Injury status. Um I think Mankilio is our right back. I think I tweeted that out after the game. I thought yeah. he had another very good game. I thought we were solid um, down our right hand side. If you look at the, the the if you look at the the game, he didn't stand out in terms of doing anything amazing in the game. Mm. But if you look at the balance of the game, nothing really came down his side, and that yeah. wasn't because they weren't they weren't trying to. It was because defensively he was positioned well. He was defending well. He was also pushing their their right wing back back. I think it was Dan James that was on that side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, their left wing back, should I say? Um, he he was just very organised there, and he made things very very difficult for that side of the pitch. And I think that was why, if you notice, Dan James, particularly in the first half, he he starts to cut inside. He starts to come into the middle of the pitch quite often. And he comes into the pitch quite often because he wasn't getting any joy on that side. And I think that's really telling when a player, even someone of the ability of Dan James, who is a talented young lad, um, he has to change his game because he's not getting any joy. I think that was really telling. So I thought he had a really good game. Um, There was talk of him being injured in the build-up to the game. So maybe they brought him off... um, you know, as a precaution, because mm. maybe the only thought, right, we can only get however many minutes he lasted out of him yeah. this game, and maybe we wanted to save him to keep him fit. For me, he's our starter. He's our starter until we need to make a change. Um, you know, he should have been in the team before this. You know, I always remember back in the Norwich game, our last preseason game with St. James's, he comes on the pitch, all, all of a sudden, he gets an assist, he's attacking like mad down that side, causing Norwich nothing but hassle. Dwight Gale, I think, gets a couple of his goals off the back of it. And you're thinking, where's this guy been? He's not been injured. He's been fit. Mm. So why is he not playing? Again, another another Bruce sort of conundrum as, as to why he's made that decision again. So um, I don't know what his injury status is. I think we'll probably learn that later on in the week when some of the pictures come out. I don't mm. believe there'll be anything serious there and that he is seriously injured. But for me, he has to be starting. He is yeah. our right back. And I'll go back even further than that when we're at Old Trafford, Chris. Um, if you if you look back at the game, I think Jaden Sancho gets taken off, who was playing on his side, on the left-hand side of Man United's um, uh, left wing. Yeah. Can you remember, remember Jaden Sancho having any any foothold in the game? Um, yeah. and, and again, I'll, I'll sort of raise you uh, Mankilio. I remember talking to my Man United mates travelling up. I travelled up with them for the game, and and I said to them, if if um, Jacob Murphy plays, you're going to get a lot of joy down there. And mm. I said to them, you you're going to be best off playing Sancho down there because they need him to have a good game. He's he's not been as great as what we expected so far, but Mankilio made him absolutely silent in that game. So again, two back to back good performances, and that's what we want. We want consistency. Um, so. You know, long may that continue. 
yeah, we absolutely do. I mean, to be honest, Pete, I I was um, I was really pleased when Manquillo signed a new contract because yeah. for me, he's the kind of player that you keep in the team, take over or not. Because even if we brought in, you know, a, a fantastic right back, having someone like Manquillo on the bench, for, you know, for me is is a really good thing because he's solid enough. He can play right back or left back, and he's one of those players where you don't tend to see him have a horrendous game. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying he's perfect, but nine times out of ten, you, you know, he will produce a solid enough performance. And like you say, it, it, there's been a couple of really good games where he's made the difference. And you thought, you know what, he's had a fantastic game there. And again, like you say, against Leeds, he, he did he did do well. And against Man United, he did well. Obviously, he got his goal. He got he got forward for it really well. And he is the best right back in the club at the moment. I'd certainly take him over Murphy and Kraft. So to keep him in the squad, I, I think it's 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 a no brainer, isn't it? Hundred percent, mate. Hundred percent. Kraft is not even in in the in the discussion as far as I'm concerned. You know, the quicker we can get him out of the club, you know, no offense, but he's just he's just not what we need right now. He's just not our, like a player that we that we I think we value at the club. And you know, the quicker we get him out, you know, the quicker it is that we can maybe get someone in of a better quality. So he's not even in my my even thinking of whether he no. plays or not. Uh, Jacob Murphy. You know, ultimately, he's not a right wing back. He's done a decent job there back end of last season, but he's not a right wing back. No. So, you know, he's the he, Mankiller is really the one that we go for at the moment. He's the best one. Yeah, definitely. Especially after we lost Yedlin, I think it, it, it it's kind of his place to lose now, isn't it? Now he's now he's back fit and he's back in Bruce's plans. It's definitely his position to lose. Yeah, hundred percent. Right, well, before we go back to the comments, and I can see Kevin's back in, I'm just going to take a moment to go through the sponsors. So, first of all, big shout out to Spider VPN for all your internet security. Spider VPN have been on the channel now for a while, so big shout out to them. Thank you very much for the support. We've then got skipsandbins.com, and the telephone number is 0800 25 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. The website address is www.skipsandbins.com. Easy, contract-free, and pay-as-you-go waste collection. And there's Sir Bobby in the corner. We then have LNG Family Funeral Directors on 0191389-7245. We have our good friend John at qtechshop.co.uk. Big shout-out to John. I've seen him in the comments. We also have Jab Signature, who do all the posters and flyers for the channel. So big shout-out to them also. If you are liking what we do, please subscribe to Newcastle Legends. Don't forget to like the video. Keep the comments coming because we love it. And please also remember to share this with anybody else who you think would be interested. If you're out and about getting a bit of exercise or just chilling, then don't forget that you can catch up with this on iTunes and Spotify. Also, another shout out for the NUFC Matters Xmas Night Out in the Tyneside Irish Centre. That's on November the 19th at 7pm. If you're interested in that, get, in, go, get yourself on the NUFC Matters website. There's still tickets available as far as I'm aware. It should be a really good night. And finally, we've got Loaded Mag. Now, if you enjoy listening to myself and Pete and would like to listen a little bit more, please feel free to come, come on and join our show. It's free to subscribe, as you know. And if you would like to would like to come and listen to me and Pete more, um, we've also got Rich, Daz and Martin. 
So as I say, if, you, if you're interested, please use that link below and make sure that you listen in to ourselves on Loathed Mag. Okay, I'm going to get bring Kevin back in. We've got a question here, Kevin. Can you hear us all right, by the way? Yeah, Matt? I'm all right now. Yeah, Fantastic. We've got a question here from Derek Sharp, and I thought I'd ask you and Pete it. So ASM, how much will we get in January if the takeover goes west? <clears throat> now, personally, I don't think he goes in January, and I think if he does and we've got no takeover, that would possibly be the worst decision ever. Mm. Um, I think if he does go, it'll be at the end of the season. But whether it's January or the end of the season, how much do you boys think we could ask for Mr. St. Maximum? Really good question. I, I, mm. don't know, I, I would probably say, I think, you know what he's like, he, the, the owner, he's too, I, I would probably say 45, 50 million. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I think, I mean, yeah, thing for me, I, it's just my personal opinion, but I, I don't, Actually, think he he would fit in in any of the, you know, the sort of the top six. I don't know about I don't know about you two because I think I think like the the managers at any of them clubs will get will get frustrated with him because you know he 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 he's no doubt he's got his ability is just is phenomenal. But that's the problem, isn't it? He 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 takes on too many players in like in, in his own half uh, a, a lot of the time, doesn't he? If he does that, any of their clubs, it will get dropped because they're all like they're, they're kind of the the team players, aren't they? They they're, they're pass the move. You know, he's a great player, but I just don't see it, don't see him going to any of them. Yeah, it's it's an interesting point actually, Kevin. I yeah. I regularly have arguments with me Everton mates because they keep winding me up saying, "Oh, say yeah. Maximum's going to Everton," constantly winding me up, and I keep saying, "Listen." If he's going to go anywhere, he's going to go for European football. So you've got no yeah. chance he's going to join you. And secondly, I said, your manager, Rafa Benitez, that was my big concern if Rafa came back to Newcastle. Yeah. Because I, I thought he's just not a Rafa Benitez type player. I think he'd mm. just get frustrated with him. That's why I um, didn't want him back. That's why I didn't want Rafa Benitez back. Because I think yeah. he's it's so important that we keep him. Really. Yeah. It? Yeah. He's, he's, he's such an important part of this team. And. Pete, we've spoke about it pre-show, didn't we? And, you know, I'm, I'm sure everybody's been speaking about it. If you take St. Maximin out of our team at the moment, and obviously with Wilson being injured, we just, we just, there's just not much there, is there? So St. Maximin to us literally is the jewel in the crown. And without him, you know, we, we would we would really be struggling. I, I think we'd be even on even less points than what we are now without St. Maximin. I mean, just look at the goal against Leeds. He, 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 he lit that game up himself. And, to lose someone of his quality would just be well i couldn't even i couldn't even comprehend it i mean me personally when you see some of the figures being banded about now i mean the fact that Jaden sancho went for 72 million um i know obviously he's been doing it in europe yeah. with Dortmund. and he can't so. get a game from he can't get he can't even start for them the yeah quality, yeah the player of that quality he can't you know, this, this is it kid this is it and i mean for me i'd want at least 60 million I wouldn't be taking anything yeah. less than 60 million personally. Yeah. I, I really, I'd want like 120 million, but I know we wouldn't get that. Um, mm -hmm. I know he's on a big contract, but you know we 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 are probably a little bit biased towards St. Maximin, even though I know he does have a lot of yeah. admirers because you know fans from other clubs. As soon as you start getting a bit of stick about your player, you know that mm -hmm. the, he's a good player. I mean, uh, Carragher and Neville after the game were waxing lyrical about St. Maximin. And he's really starting to kind of make his mark now on the Premier League. He's what twenty four. I think he's yeah. twenty five next year. Um, yeah. 
the the worrying thing for us, Kevin, is the fact that he's not going to hang around much longer. Oh, I think this will be his last season. If this, yeah. if if we don't get our takeover, he's definitely gone at the oh, end of the season, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. How, how much would you be wanting, Pete? Um, if I was, look, he's not going in January. Um, no. He's not going in January. No one will afford him in January. You know, you think in January it's inflated prices even then, you know, and and someone's going to have to prize our, our, our biggest asset away from us mid-season when we're already in a relegation battle as it is. There was no way that, 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 we, that he'd be allowed to just leave. Uh, and I don't think he would. I don't think he's that type of personality that would want to. I think he'd, he'd, he'd at least see the season out, yeah. do the right thing by the club and the fans, and then want to kind of have a, a clean break in the summer if he was going to move. And I think he will move in the summer. Yeah. Said it for a while now. I thought I always thought this would be his last season. Um, and I think this is the big reason why he signed his six-year contract uh, is to maximise his move and stay for another year and then and then move on. Um, if I was to ask for a transfer fee, I would be wanting around £60 million for him. Uh, yeah. Do I think we'll get that? Probably not. Or if we did, yeah, if we did, it would be sixty million, with, uh, uh, and that would involve some form of instalments or yeah, some yeah. form of bonuses. Yeah. So maybe around the fifty million mark. If yeah. you're looking at, if you're looking at the fact that Everton paid fifty million for Guilfi Sigerson and paid fifty million for Rashard, yeah. for me, for me, uh, Anderson Maximum is better than Guilfi Sigerson, and um, he's on. Rashardison's level in terms of ability and is uh, is a lot younger. Um, uh, still got a lot to learn and develop in his game. Um, I, I think I think that would be a fair price for him. Um, where do I think he'll go? I think um, ultimately Newcastle under Mike Ashley will sell to the highest bidder. Um, but I think they will want him to go out of England. Um, that was I could see um, he, he's a Parisian like, lad, he, he, he supports, I think, uh, PSG. Yeah. I could see him going there. Um, uh, you know, Di Maria is coming towards the end of his career, they'll need to kind of trade in. You know, um, I think Julian Draxler will move on soon, so they'll be needing that type of attacking threat to come in. Yeah, yeah. the idea. I personally see him as a better fit at Borussia Dortmund. Borussia Dortmund um, have spent a little bit of money, but they'll have a windfall in the summer of seventy-five million when uh, Erlen Haaland um, moves on. Um, so I think he'll not that he's a striker, but I think they'll be able to invest in him and um, and sign a striker from elsewhere. Um, he'd be he'd, that'd be a good fit. Someone like Bayern Munich probably would use him. He'd be able to get a move to Spain. Atletico Madrid, for example, um, Barcelona, if they've got the money to sign someone yeah. like that, would yeah, would, yeah. Be, would be an absolute, you know, for someone that's an entertainment value, it, 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 they need that. It'd be someone that can light them up. I think he could play for any of those teams. Yeah, Barcelona in their in their current in their current mould, he could play in that team. You know, if they can play. De Jong up front and Braithwaite up front, Alisson Maximum can get in. He could play it, yeah. You know I mean? So, yeah, I, I think he'll have a pick of offers next year and I think there'll be a little bit more money with COVID subsiding slightly. There'll be a little bit more money around to be able to buy that sort of player. Um, however, if we have new owners by then, he's not going anywhere. So, it then becomes it then becomes a non-conversation because he's the one player that we won't want to sell. Um, and if we've got the, if we get the owners that we want, 
between now and then, and I'm not saying we will, but if we do, those owners have got the sort of money where they don't need to sell anybody. So uh, it, it's, it's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a, a weird one. Um, you know, if we've still got Mike Ashley, he's gone. But if we don't, he stays. Yeah. That, that's it's, fun, it's funny, isn't it? Because when it, whenever you mention our club, whenever you mention our club, people know the first thing that comes to anyone's mind is him. So Max and that, isn't it? Yeah, he's literally yeah. he's literally the star person at the club at the moment. And he's ultimately, constantly pulling us about the shit, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, ultimately, he's an ambitious young lad, and he just wants the best for himself in his career. Ultimately, he wants to go to the World Cup in Qatar. He wants to give himself the best chance. If he moves in the summer. He'll have the first few months of the season, whichever club he goes to, to prove that he can play in the France squad. And he'll have a good chance of going to the Qatar World Cup uh, if, he, if he was to leave in the summer. However, if we do get new owners and we're heavily investing and we're a different outfit and we have a good start to the season, there's no reason why he can't go to the World Cup yeah. for us. You know, no, we're, we're, we're playing for us. So, you know, there's an argument for that because there's a lot of their players that are kind of coming towards the end. Us Usman Dembele is just constantly injured all the time for all the talent. He, he's got a way in, Anset Maxim, yeah. but he's obviously thinking ahead now. You know, it's not, he, he loves the club. If the club's showing ambition and have an owner that's ambitious, he'll stay because he loves the club. He loves the city. Um, you know, he wants to stay with us, but. Ultimately, he 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 needs to think about himself, and I think he's handled himself absolutely fantastically. If he does eventually leave, I think he'll go with the whole of the fan base's blessing, knowing yeah. that what he's given to the club yeah. and how supportive he's been—not just of the fans, but of the club and uh, even say, even Steve Bruce. You know, uh, you know, in his interview after the Leeds game, you know, whether we agree with that as fans, I don't know. But even he showed loyalty to Bruce throughout, even though he's been a terrible manager during that period the time and the work that he's done with the food bank and, and various other places within the community. Um you can't argue with, with everything that he's um yeah. you can't argue with everything that he's put in. No, he's a top top boy. That. That's an interesting comment isn't it, down there. Yeah, yeah I'm just just gonna bring this up here. Really so Chris Chris M has said apparently Mike Ashley is in the academy. It seems a bit strange as he doesn't even go to many games. So yeah. Newcastle are currently playing at the moment. Is it the under-23s tonight? Yeah. Um, and I think Elliot Anderson scored a penalty. I saw that in the comments. So we're 1-0 up, as far as I'm aware. If it's not anymore, please do correct me. Um, but yeah, very interesting that Mike Ashley and uh, and I believe someone said C. Bruce is there as well. Really? So okay. very, very interesting mm. if that's the case. Yeah. yeah. So if anyone could give us more information, please do. Um, because yeah, unless it's, is, not for that. unless it's not come from bloody Burnsy, whatever his name is on Twitter. <laughs> no, no, a few, a few people, a few people in the chat have been saying that, um, that yeah, that 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 is the case. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see to see why that is. I've just seen a comment here of Chris McCarthy. Um, we don't usually win at Molyneux and Chris wants four points. What's he been drinking or smoking? We'll be lucky to get two or three. Chris, mate. I, I I agree with you. Like I think we'll probably get one or two points at most. But yeah. as as you've put in the comment there, that's what I want. I want four points, and I think it's doable. It is doable. But do I think we'll I get think it? The Watford games. The Watford games are won. If we yeah. if you lose to Watford, that that is that's seriously won because they're shy. Yeah, I know they beat Norwich, but. If, if, look, I'm I'm going to the game on Saturday um, at Bridge yeah. um, Road. Never been before, so it'll be an interesting game to watch. And there's all to play for for both ends. 
uh, for Watford and for Newcastle. But if we don't win on Saturday, I think there'll be pelters from the away fans. The away fans will, will support the boys, as we saw at Old Trafford, me and Chris. Yeah. We saw yeah. that at Old Trafford. The fans were outstanding. Absolutely amazing. Even the Man U fans were so, um, you know, you know, sort of, you know, applauding the our away end, you know, for, for how supportive we were considering we, we lost the game. Uh, and we'll do the game, we'll do the same against Watford. We'll back the lads, we'll support them. But I tell you what, if we don't get a result, Bruce is getting pelters. 100%. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a million, million percent. Yeah, I mean, it's sold out again, just unbelievable. We, we always just, do, Kieran. Mental support. We always do. We're the, we're the best fans in the world. I said it. I said it after the Man United game. We are the best fans in the world, um, and you know we prove it year upon year upon year. And they get other. You know, sometimes they get other other fans from other fan bases come back and say, "Oh, what makes you think that?" Blah 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 blah. This, that, and the other. Look, we haven't won. We haven't won a major trophy in God knows how many years. What back in the sixties, I think it was that we won a major trophy. Okay, but regardless of that, we're there every week. We back the fans. Okay, even in our darkest moments under say, uh, under um, under Mike Ashley. Okay, we still fill out the stadium. Fifty thousand there on Friday, arguably, um, mm-hmm. but at times we we'll get fifty-two thousand. At times we we'll get you know forty-eight, forty-nine thousand. You think any other club that would do that? Man United. Dropped off after Fergie left mm. under David Moyes and Van Gaal, and they were they, their attendance is plummeted because they Man City, they've got thirty eight thousand friends. Man City, the Premier League champions, and they've got their manager. Yeah. Their managers having to plead, like, plead with their fans yeah. to turn up the games. You think you think we're not the best fans in the world? You're having a laugh, yeah. right? And just imagine, just imagine us under new owners, us with ambition, us with PIF. With backed money to, to 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 go out and sign whatever player we wanted, right? We would we would need more than fifty two thousand to fill that stadium, right? We'd yeah. need sixty, seventy, seventy five, eighty thousand, and we fill it every week yeah. because we've got passionate fans that care about the club. There is no doubt whatsoever, right, but, that we are the best fans in this country and the best yeah. fans out there easily. But when love, you look at this question from Colin, sorry, Kim, go on, mate. That's sorry. I just want to say, when you look at the the, the, the Man City owners, that just think that could have been us. It's just wasted on them because they yeah. don't. It's they right. never sell out the home games. And just, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're right, yeah. mate. Now I just I just really like this question from Colin <laughs> Colin, uh, Colin Wilson. Can anyone remember the last time Newcastle bossed a game? Leicester four two away last games. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Very yeah, good, very good performance. Good and you, can maybe, you can maybe argue Fulham last game of the season. They didn't really look like they were going to put yeah. up the We got the early goal um, and we kind of controlled the game. But I would say definitely the Leicester away. Obviously, being a Leicester lad and enjoying that result in particular, uh, we, we were very, very, very good that game. That's yeah. the best yeah. performance we've had under Steve Bruce. In and it just shows that we can't, we can't play, play like that. It's just we, we just don't show it on a like, consistent basis, do we? It's just very right. frustrating. Yeah, it is. You're right, mate. Just just going through some more comments here. <laughs> Derek, Derek, Derek. <laughs> I love that, Derek. I'm so impressed with Chris. So intelligent answers and hindsight into Newcastle. Hope Bruce and Charlie are watching. Keep it. So, Derek, that was lovely. And then I just carried on scrolling down. Look at that. Look at that. 
<laughs> Come on, Derek. <laughs> no, definitely Chris as well. Though. Definitely Chris as well. Hundred percent. That made me laugh. That we come as a pair. We come as a pair. So what? He means what, both of what are your thoughts, boys, on this? I'm just thinking about it now in the in the in the background while you were talking. What do you what do you think with Ashley and um, Bruce being at that academy game tonight? Yeah, I still can't. What, what is I all still, that about? I, I just can't work that. Is that ever happened yeah. before? It's, it's really strange, isn't it? He I, barely I goes to a normal game, does he? Uh, yeah. A first team game. It's Mike Ashley. Nobody can work him out. That honestly, that that's the you know how many times in the last eighteen months have we tried to kind of guess Ashley's movements, whether it's planes, whether it's trains, whether it's cars, whether it's helicopters. We've we've tried to to outguess Mike Ashley in terms of what's been happening. And every yeah. time it's proven the opposite. Nobody knows with Mike Ashley. He, he keeps his cars close to his chest. Um, he does what he wants, when he wants. Mm. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm, I think we'd end up kind of driving ourselves mad if we tried to work out what, what he's actually doing right now. We, all we can do is hope that it's for it's for takeover reasons and that things are. Um, it does. Are it does feel like some. It does feel like. Oh, it does feel like something he's like like going on. I don't know if it is. I, I think I still think that PIF thing's dead. But it does feel like, the, like there is something happening because there's no way you just leave the club and rot. But like what I said to someone about the the the, the bars at St James's. There's only one person working by that, and it's not literally apparently there's only they're only drinking like we're sharing a beer or something. <laughs> and they all the all the fridges were empty, weren't they? Yeah, it's crazy. It's Absolutely you know, crazy, mate. I know it's got nothing to do with the football, but it just things like that. You you just think really. It just well, it just shows you, doesn't it, that he is just not interested, and it, it no. goes down to even the minor details, like stocking up the fridges. You know, you'd think, yeah. wouldn't you, that he would make sure that you know he he tries to sell as much as he can on match day, but he's yeah. really just not bothered. He's not really bothered, and it goes back to us saying that they don't think that, as far as he's concerned, he sold the club, and that that yeah. to me that is why he behaves like that because, as far as he's concerned, it's not his club. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Do, does any of you guys? Has any of you guys ever watched um, people just do nothing on BBC? No. no. Um, oh, fantastic TV series! It's just so funny. Um, there's a guy called Chibuddy G, who's an absolute genius of a comedy actor. Uh, he's actually a Newcastle fan, actually. <laughs> and that that picture of a like empty bar with like one drink to share between two or three people just reminds me of him and his ball on the TV yeah. show. If anyone's watched it, they'll, they'll know what I'm on about. But um, yeah, it's just just absolutely comical the way our club is being run. Like, it is, it, it, it's like yeah. a lot of people have described it. It's like a shell of a club. And it's like, it's like, it's as if he's stripping everything back to save himself as much money as possible, knowing... Yeah. That the club is going to soon be handed over. It's, it's it, like it doesn't feel like that because it's Mike Ashley. And you just never know with him. But it does feel with everything that we're seeing about the club at the moment and how much of a shell it is, and mm. the, the lack of signings and the lack of not sacking a manager because of the payoff and all the rest of it, just gives me the feeling that he's ready to walk away and he's going to be walking away soon. And I know that's what a lot of what other people have said, but you just get the feeling that it's like that, but we just can't guess when that is. It could be any time. It could be now, 
tomorrow, next week, six months' time. Nobody knows. And that's look, look, look what he did with the club shop piece. So obviously Castore was taking over the club shop, weren't he? But he shut it weeks before and laid everyone off. Yeah, yeah. And you're Same thinking, money. so why, why has he done that? You think he wanted he want to drag every last bit of money he could get out of that club shop, and instead he was just like, yeah, just close it. Yeah, because he's just not interested. Is he? We've got to remember he's one of the biggest. He's one of the biggest success stories from COVID. Although he might like plead poverty with regards to Newcastle, he's mm. been one of the biggest success stories in that he's made what 750, 800 million during that period of time. You know, so he's 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 built, you know, his worth, uh, yeah. his value um, uh, as a person with his businesses over that course of the time. Yeah. Whereas lots of people have lost that money. So he's not done bad. You know, he's not worse off from this COVID pandemic. He's used his money well. He's, he's used his business brain to get money in this situation. But he just doesn't want the club anymore. But at the same time, he wants the club sold for a certain amount of money to the Saudi Arabians because he wants business there. Yeah. He's already met with them and done lots of other stuff over in Saudi Arabia. That's where he sees his business expanding. So he wants out. It's just a case of when that happens. It could be any time. Uh, yeah. And that's where it's difficult for us as fans yeah. to speculate. You do feel like if if he if he was like asking for a lower price, that the, the club would have been sold by now. I, I, I get that he wants this deal, but at the end of the day, they pulled out last year. Mm. And like, like everyone's just speculating like if they're if they're there or not. I, that's why I doubt it because they just like they they pulled I, they pulled out last year, but and they're, like they're at the table for like four months. So why would they come back now and wait for like? No, it's just, but I, I, hope, I hope the, like, the reports are true in that. We just have to, we just have to wait and see if anything comes, yeah. comes true. Yeah. Because I, I just don't think this club's worth 300 million. There's no way it's worth 300 million quid. Nah, not right. I mean, nobody else is going to pay that apart from this lot, apparently. So, the only, the only thing I'd say about the 300 million, I, I take your point, Kevin, like, you know, mm. if you compare us to other clubs, maybe outside the top eight, yeah, I, yeah. I completely agree. But I always bring it back to the Tottenham. Um, you know, the, the Daniel Levy trying to sell Tottenham. Yeah. He wants three. He wants three billion for his club. Yeah. I know, like they've got this fantastic stadium. But you think we we to buy Newcastle United? It's a ten for that price. Yeah. And as we've already touched on, as soon as those new owners walk through the door, without even, without even you know, changing anything, we automatically love them because Mike Ashley's gone. So it's such a quick win for any new owners out there because they're going to be loved straight away. And yeah. imagine if they start doing all the right things like PCP was saying they were going to do. Yeah. It, it would just, it really would take off. Oh, I just would. wanted to give a big shout out there to Teddy Davidson. First time watching your show, really enjoying it. Keep it up. Teddy, massive thanks for tuning in, mate. Really uh -huh. appreciate it. I'm going to leave the last the last question to uh, one of our regular viewers. And hopefully I'm going to say his name right because I always struggle every week. Mad Mag Mark. There you go. Yeah. Getting better. I hope Bruce's ticking along comment means to take over his imminence. Now, the reason I've brought that up, uh, Mad Magmar, is because I wanted to know your thoughts, lads, on on that ticking along comment. Yeah. Uh, it brought a lot of um a lot of anger from the fan base, didn't it? You know, in terms yeah. of people people feeling very upset that Bruce would say that. To me, I'm a bit like Mark. I felt the opposite. I was I was quite uh, buoyed by it because I thought that's somebody who's um, being very defeatist. So either he's not going to be in the job much longer, or he knows that something's imminent. Because yeah. for him to come out and say that 
you know, he's just keeping us ticking along. He's basically saying, I'm just trying to keep things bubbling away until something happens. It wasn't, yeah. he, he wasn't talking long term <clears throat> for me. What, what what do you boys think of that? Okay, Ren. Do you know what? I think it's a, yeah, it's a really good point. And when I first seen it, I thought, there's no way, there's no way you can say that, like, with, with the potential backlash, you know, fans back in the ground and stuff like that. I, I, I honestly, I do. I think, I think it's got this. Is, this has got something to do with this, this so-called this takeover, whatever it is. Because there's no way you come out and say you're taking the wrong. Like, there's no, there's no manager in this league that say that. It's got to be. It's got. It's, it's got to be. Yeah. It's any logical thing. I <laughs> it's just not something you say, is it's it? Just, Pe- it's not. It's just. It's, it's like it's amateurish, isn't it? It's like yeah. Just, it's just really strange, but Pete's, Pete's got his a. Uh... Pete's got his song ready for Vicar of Droves at the weekend. That's why I put it in. That's why I put it in, Chris. Yeah. I, for anyone that's going Vicarage Road on Saturday, I'll be disappointed if this song is not being sang. Okay. Yeah. This song needs to be sang to Steve Bruce, to Lee Charney, to Mike Ashley. Yeah. Uh, it needs to be said. It needs to be sung. I it love that, mate. Be, it that, needs to be put out there 100%. That would be better than the Cristiano Ronaldo song. That we made up at Old Trafford that Chelsea fans nicked apparently, so they won't be nicking that one, that's for sure. That'd be brilliant. That. <laughs> yeah, no, don't anyone's <laughs> gonna nick that, are they? No. <laughs> Pete, how's your team doing? Paul Kinson's asking, um, you know what? We're three games in, um, one, two, lost one, so um, first that's game, better season, better yeah. one, bottom of the league already. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, they put me in centre half. They put me in centre half. Them day we conceded nine goals, and I was centre forward. You think the manager's Steve Bruce? Come aside for his room if you can make it to Leicester every weekend. Come aside for his We give you some minutes, but yeah, we were we made a good start. Uh, well, I say made a good start. We lost the first game four one, so we didn't. But we, we we knew the team that we were playing against had. So one or two players that we've played against before, uh, one or two of the lads are, um, are national representatives for England, uh, five-a-side and seven-a-side football. Um, yeah. So they represent England. They played at Barcelona's ground, New Camp, and various others. So when they rocked up first game of the season, we were like, OK, we're in for a game here. Yeah. And they, uh, to be fair, they tore us apart. They're a very good team. However, we, uh, we fought back with a 1-0 win uh, last weekend. Um, against a tough side that we played in pre-season, but we we, we grounded a win in. And then we won 4-1 yesterday. Um, very, very good performance. Um, uh, I actually played in goal. Um, I, I took a, had a stint in goal the last couple of weeks. Disappointed to concede. Weren't very happy about it. It was definitely offside as well, 100%. How's your, how's your finger, by the way? Yeah, I played with a dislocated finger. Yeah. Wow. I had to move it. I had to strap wow. it up. So I dislocated my finger last weekend. Um Collected the ball from a from a, a crossing, collected it, gone to ground, wasted a little bit of time as you do. But their players just come in and just booted me with booted me, even though I had the ball in both hands. Not realise I've dislocated it. I've gone for the quick throw out on the counter attack, and I've just felt it pop back in. Mm. Um, so I had to play with it for the rest of the game. I've had it strapped up all week, but I know that our other keepers out with a knee injury at the moment. Well, both of them. Our reserve keeper's out for six weeks with a torn thigh. Um, and the other one uh, is has got a bad knee that he's getting checked out by the hospital. So well, I knew we didn't have a keeper, so I had to play. So I just said to the lads in the team talk, when I gave the team talk, the last thing I said was, please do not make me be busy today. 
Like I don't need it. Like my 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 right hand does not need it. And to be fair, they were absolute Trojans to them. I didn't have really very much to do. I collected a couple of crosses. That's about it. But we were, we were very very good. And um, I think we're fourth in the league now. Um, three games in. Um, and I think you know we've got a real opportunity of pushing up the league. But Andres mm-hmm. Dusanen has been amazing. Um, he's going to sort us out a, a kit. Obviously, he's not been very well recently. So um, when he started to feel better, he said he's going to sort us out with a kit. So when I have that, we're going to get a team photo. I'll put it out on Twitter, put it out on the show here, um, and then give you guys a little bit of a weekly update of what's happening. But yeah, oh, thanks. Um, thanks for Paul for asking the question, mate. Do, do you play midweek games as well? Or did you just play like with Sunday? Because we played Sunday, Tuesday. It's meant to be games on Tuesday as well. Back end of the season, we will. Apparently, yeah. there's a national shortage of referees. A lot of referees are leaving right. the game. So we've, we know we're going to have a backlog of games that because we're not going to be able to play, fulfill the fixtures. So there's yeah. so many teams in various leagues this season already that have not played games because mm. we haven't got enough referees. We've been lucky that we've played three weeks in a row, but we know yeah. we're not going to have referees some weeks and there'll be back in March, April time, a backlog where we're playing Sunday, Tuesday, Sunday, or maybe even Sunday, Tuesday, Friday, Sunday, mm. to, in order to catch up with fixtures. So, yeah, it, mm. it's, it will happen eventually. What about you, Chris? Do you, do you play I play five-a-side through the week, so I, I used to play for okay. a Sunday team when I was younger, um, but I couldn't, I just couldn't keep it up, you know, with like the kids yeah. and everything. It's so, really physical, it's really physical, yeah. I've noticed, really physical, isn't it? Yeah, it is, it is. Yeah. It was just, it was just finding the time, because then obviously you've got to go to training yeah. at least twice a week, yeah. and then it was getting too much, so now I just play through the week on a five-a-side, which I really yeah. enjoy. It's just great being involved in football, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Did you say you play up front, Kane? Yeah, I play up front. Yeah, I can play on the wing as well, but I've got played centre half for some reason. <laughs> got no well, Steve Kevin, Bruce, right. I yeah. wanted to give you. I wanted to give you one of these, mate. Yeah, love it. Brilliant. Big, big thanks for coming on tonight, Kevin. Really no appreciate problem. it, mate. Yeah, and, uh, you really helped us out there. But thank yeah. you very much. Always yeah. a pleasure having you on, yeah, mate. Good to see and you, look forward to seeing you next week, hopefully. Yeah. All right. See you later on. Take care. Yeah, thanks, okay, Kevin. Mate. Cheers, mate. Right. It's always great to have Kevin on. Top one. Yeah. I was, do you know what? I didn't, I didn't realise he played footy every week as well. Yeah. No, he, yeah. he never mentioned it. No, so he hasn't, has he? We talked about it before, but he's never mentioned it. But yeah. Yeah. Um, we're, we're looking for a striker, so if he there's a trip down to Leicester on a Sunday morning, then <laughs> we'll definitely give him some minutes. That'd be all right, wouldn't it? That'd be all right. Definitely. Anyway, I'm just going to go to the comments very quickly before we wrap up. Um, if you're paying 100 million for Jack Grealish, how can you not see Newcastle with? Ah, it's, a, it's a great point, Gary. Really yeah. great point. Um, maybe Steve Bruce is at the under 23 much what Elliot Anderson, who was also going to sign me. Yeah, maybe Keith, maybe. Um, Get his team up for a game. Viewers would be a good laugh. Great show, lads. Cheers, John. Always appreciate you watching, mate. Um, but yeah, I think I think we're going to wrap it up there. Peace. But as usual, yeah. mate, absolute pleasure. Thank you very much uh, for joining me. Joining, well, being on with me as always. And uh, I already am looking forward to next week. But listen, thanks everyone for watching. Really enjoy this show every week, and look forward to next week. Take care. See you.
Phoenix to tie. 